Hello everyone and welcome back to Very Cold Lasagna, your filthy casual host with all the filthy casual takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports. This is another episode, uh, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to your preferred audio podcast platform. And this is episode number 117 and I want to make a quick audio correction before we get into today's topic. This is, yes, the actual episode 117. The last episode that I did... I accidentally slipped and said 117 when that was actually episode 116, uh, which was the Seahawks 49ers uh, week two recap. So just making that little correction there for all my uh, viewers and listeners out there. But it, anyway, on to today's uh, episode topic, we are here um, to talk about the second edition of All Elite Wrestling's big, big show, um, tele- televised event show at least, AEW. Grand Slam 2022. Uh, they did two shows once again in Arthur Ashe Stadium for Dynamite and Rampage um, in New York City. And once again, <laughs> for as much as I you know, have to force myself to do it, we're here to talk about it again. Uh, j- just to give you a little bit of background on why I'm doing this again. Well, I, I decided, <laughs> I decided, you know what? I did this last year. Uh, I did the inaugural um, AEW Grand Slam week uh uh, shows where they they had the first uh, editions of that in that same stadium, Arthur Ashe um, in New York. Um, you know they did this, all this hype for the shows, only for it to be a massive disappointment. And <laughs> it was so disappointing with all the hot shot booking, um, the rush storylines. The matches were pretty crappy, especially Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan in the women's main event. And Rampage being a total waste of time that I took a hiatus from wrestling um, watching it for about six months up until WrestleMania 38 back in April. Um, So here we are once again reviewing the second iteration of AEW Grand Slam Week 2022. Um, There were a few matches that I was kind of looking forward to. I mean, I mean, not that I'm a like AEW fan or like hater, but, you know. There are at least a few matches that I was kind of like looking forward to on the card, you know, pay, worth paying attention to. So that's what we're here to talk about in this episode today. Uh, before we do, uh, make sure you follow the show on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna, and listen to the show however you can and wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, subscribe to the show on YouTube. So anyway, let's get into our review of AEW Grand Slam Week 2022. So like I said... They're going back um, last week on September 21st and 23rd, uh, 2022. They did Grand Slam Week um, again in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Um, it's known for hosting the tennis tournament, the U.S. Open. Um, I think Roger Federer, <laughs> the recently retired Roger Federer, has competed in that tournament. Serena Williams, also recently retired. Um, they competed in that tournament. Uh, but for AEW, you know, they... They are doing this uh, Grand Slam shows, uh, Dynamite and Rampage, their their weekly television shows. Um, And, you know, they're giving it uh, like this special occasion name because, you know, it's like a a televised stadium show. So last year's inaugural set of shows, you know, highlighted by, like I said, a lot of hot shotted matches to get the hardcore wrestling fans to not only attend, but watch the shows. Uh, matches like the AEW World Champion at the time, Kenny Omega, going up against Daniel Bryan, 
It was honestly an hour-long snooze fest that ended in a tie. CM Punk against Powerhouse Hobbs in, on the Rampage portion. And a women's main event uh, that really disappointed with women's champion at the time, Britt Baker, against the then-new wrestler Ruby Soho. So, overall, last last year's inaugural Grand Slam week was, yeah, a waste of time. Four, four collective hours of nothingness. So, yeah, I was just like, no, I have morals and standards as a wrestling fan. I'm here for the characters, the stories, um, not for like the nationally televised circus act of people just flipping around the ring um, and no selling for for all people to watch. And you can tell you can call me an old man. The clouds all you want, but I have standards as a wrestling fan. And last year was a mockery of it. So going into this year's Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam, or Bland Scam, as I like to call it, you know, I, I, for as much as I don't like AEW, um, I mean, I don't, like, full-on hate it um, because there are some things, there are some wrestlers that I do like. I will say at least had a little bit more intrigue um, going into it than its predecessor. You know, you got this world title tournament, even though it was technically caused by the stupidity of former champion CM Punk and the company's EVPs, Kenny Omega, and the Cucks of Suck, um, in their little fight um, that caused the title to be vacated. And you also had, um, honestly, my favorite tag team right now um, in not just AEW, but all pro wrestling, the Acclaimed. Um, two wrestlers, you know, known for their their raps. Um, and they were like one, again, the only interesting tag team, aside from, oh yeah, aside from, of course, the Bloodline, and, you know, they're a very talented uh, tag team. They were in position to be finally become the tag team champions um, on that night after not doing it at all out. So, of course, I got to ask that big question again. Did this year's Grand Slam week live up to the hype of the fans? Like, of course, the hardcore fans, but more importantly, new fans to, to get into this product or just drive them away yet again. So we're, we were about to find that out on that particular week, September 21st and 23rd. So we start things off with the Dynamite portion of Grand Slam 2022. You kick things off with a match that was just another one that's thrown together for the Ring of Honor world title. Yeah. Uh, a title that is not in AEW is being defended on a major on a major television stadium show. The Ring of Honor title. Isn't that like a dead brand already? Like why even bother? Why even bother with this? So anyway, you have Claudio Castagnoli uh Pepperoni feature uh formerly known as Cesaro in WWE going up against Chris Jericho. He's uh Cesaro is defending his title. Mostly a boring match, um, but I got to say, the ending kind of saved it for me. It's kind of funny, too. Um, so, you know, Sadaro does his giant swing. Uh, he hits a lariat. Um, Jericho was crawling um, to the corner, um, but he was getting his bat. Um, and Cesaro and Aubrey Edwards caught him uh, doing it. And while Aubrey Red Edwards, the referee, the female referee that they have, he threw, she threw out the bat. Um, but Jericho, um, 
backflip Cesaro um, in, by in reversing the new is his finisher the neutralizer uh, in Cesaro. You know he he almost uh, bumped into Aubrey Edwards and he stopped his momentum. Um, and Aubrey Edwards in, was in like a weird position, like oh don't bump into me. And while Aubrey Edwards was still looking at the crowd, um, and Cesaro was uh, going towards Jericho, Jericho dick kicked him. He kicked him in the nutsack, and with Aubrey Edwards not seeing it. Um, she turned back to see Jericho hit the Judas effect to win the Ring of Honor world title and Ocho, his eighth world title. <laughs> why was it so funny to me? Like, why did it save that? Why was the boring match saved by the ending? Well, it was pretty funny how how big of a deal for a dead brand like Ring of Honor it was. It was kind of funny how big of a deal the, the announcers were making in how Jericho broke the code as if like uh the the memphis grizzlies broke the code in injuring uh uh like i'm not saying like it was a bad it, it was a bad thing even though it was a bad thing um in that playoff run but like how Mem the memphis grizzlies in injured like one of the golden state warriors player but anyway that's besides the point how jericho broke the code by dick kicking cesaro in an honorable wrestling match where you don't you don't cheat to win <laughs> like nobody cares about ring of honor my guy jericho does exactly what he's supposed to do break the rules as a heel that's exactly what he's supposed to be doing and yeah i guess jericho being the ring of honor world champion i mean there's worse things that he can do at this point of his career so it is what it is i don't really care <laughs> at the end of the day but that ending was just kind of funny it was honestly just kind of funny uh so the next match on the card um in my opinion, honestly, should have been the main event. And that's the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Keith Lee and Isaiah Swerve Scott uh, Strickland. And Swerve in our glory, going up against the the challengers, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, the acclaimed. And my God, I mean, it was a little sloppy, um, especially um, on Swerve Strickland and uh, Keith Lee's side. But uh, my God, like the journey... The uh, to the destination was absolutely like great. It was absolutely great. Like the anticipation to the to the end goal was just like there was a lot of goosebumps in this. I mean, sure. Again, there was a lot of sloppy moments in this match from Swerving Our Glory. They kept hitting a lot of big moves, um, like a mid-air double team um, from them that just ended up hitting. Uh, that just ended up with Max Caster getting headbutted by Keith Lee mid-air. Um, and he botched it, but like I said, um, when you got to that ending with Swerve Strickland, uh, confronting Billy Gunn, he was trying to egg him on, um, trash talk him into, uh, hitting him that would have resulted in the acclaim getting disqualified, but Keith Lee, you know, all, when he's already throughout the match, trying to stop, uh, Swerve Strickland from causing trouble with the acclaimed, you know, trying to have, like trying to do the right thing. And Keith Lee, um, while he was being escorted by the ref, uh, Anthony Bowens hit Swerve Strickland and Billy Gunn hit the famous, sir. And I know some people are saying, like, why would he do that? Like, that was kind of a heelish move to do. But, I mean, it's kind of retaliation for what Swerve Strickland was trying to do um, throughout, uh, throughout their feud. And then Anthony Bowens hit the arrival, Max Caster hit uh, the mic drop, elbow drop, and the acclaimed have finally arrived 
in AEW, they finally had their moment and became the world tag team champions. It's about damn time, man. It's about damn time. It's like ever since they dissed the young the young bucks um back in the the Jacksonville Jaguars days last year. And I knew they had potential. And their raps have just been getting better and better since then. And I know they had that Simone Biles uh, thing, uh, controversy uh, last year, but they just kept going. Like just they just kept going. They got better, um, both on the mic and in the ring. And I know some people some people are turned off by the scissor me daddy stuff, but these this these two individuals are they have they have the it factor. They have the charisma. They do what they're supposed to do um, as professional wrestlers, like actual professional wrestlers. Be characters. Tell stories. Be energetic. They're not They're not like these stale, oh, I want to wrestle, pal. Let's have a match. They actually have gimmicks. So, in all honesty, um, this was a good match. It was the journey to the destination and the acclaimed are the rightful tag team champions. Uh, I got to give credit to the announcers for, you know, bringing up that journey um, from that pandemic days to now. Um, that was a little bit of a good t- storytelling touch to it. And in all honesty, like I said, it should have been the main event um, of the show over what ended up being the main event of the show. So overall, this is a good match. A good match for the tag team championships. Um, um, again, a little sloppy, but it is what it is. Now, the follow-up to this victory by the acclaimed will be very important, will be just as important. Because, yeah, Tony Khan doesn't really have a good history of doing good follow-ups to hot superstars. Just look at Wardlow. Just look at uh just look at Thunder Rosa. Yeah, how did that work work out? Look where they're at now. I mean, besides Britt Baker, yeah. I, I just hope that the claims get booked right as tag team champions because they actually have it. They have it. Tony Khan better not fuck this up, man. He, he better not fuck this up. So next up, we have a, a segment between MGF and Wheeler Utah Jazz, uh, whoever the fuck he is. So Wheeler Utah Jazz got interviewed by Tony Schiavone um, about his his stablemates, John Moxley and Daniel Bryan, fighting for the AEW world title later that night. But he got interrupted by MGF, who cut the usual promo about being a generational talent. Um, but he, he got trash-talked by Utah Jazz um, about his new newly engaged fiance. Like, we're supposed to care, <laughs> I guess we're supposed to care about that, I guess. So MGF um, decided to fire back about um, Wheeler Useless's um, mentors like Daniel Bryan, John Moxley, and even William Regal, who talked about how he can get advice on how to pop pills, which led to a brawl between the two and saw Wheeler Utah Jazz get knocked out by Big Cass and MGF. So that was that. So in a backstage uh, pre-recorded segment, uh, TBS champion Jade Cargill met uh, Diamante's friend uh, Trina, whoever that is, um, to set up their match for AEW Rampage Grand Slam on, on that Friday. So next up, we had an AEW All-Atlantic Championship match between the defending champion Pac and Orange Cassidy. So this has been kind of brewing up. Uh, this is like the third match together. 
and it's been kind of been heating up recently. Um, in their after their trios match uh, for the vacant trios title last week, so I guess that's a thing. Um, but in this match in particular, Orange Cassidy was like uh fucking around with uh Pack more than usual mentally, and <laughs> Pack was just like he was he was like so sick of it that towards the end of the match, he snuck in the ring bell hammer and hit Cassidy uh Orange Cassidy with it um behind like without the referee knowing and it knocked out orange orange cassidy out and pack just rolled him into the ring and retained the title i will say though um while the match was pretty lame pretty boring i do like the fact that the referee um officiating the match he kept asking pack uh, about the finish like he wouldn't let on until he got an answer from him he was like pack was like i don't know what happened i just hit him with the hard fist that's what happened so it, it, it was a kind of a little bit of a nice touch um, from that match. But I mean, still boring match, but a little bit of a nice touch there. So we, ha- we had an interim AEW Women's Championship match. Tony Storm defended her title against Serena Deeb, um, Ember Moon, now known as Athena, and the, the doctor, Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, pretty boring match. Uh, the crowd was getting tired <laughs> by this point already. Uh, during the match, uh, Baker had her nose broken by Ember Moon on a double fallaway slam. Uh, Tony Storm won the match on a cru- on a crucifix fruit roll up on Britt Baker, but she got attacked after the match. And I was disappointed that this happened. So Jamie Hader, um, Britt Baker's like frenemy or friend turned enemy now turned friend again. So she came out and it looked like she was supposed uh, she was gonna you know final like stop stop her uh, best friend um, from attacking Tony Storm because at All Out, uh, Britt Baker cost Jamie Hayter a chance to win the, the interim AEW Women's Championship. So they've been having some tensions in the last couple of weeks. But then Jamie Hayter just decided to attack Tony Storm and join in on, on the assault with Britt Baker. So I'm just like, <laughs> is this going to like like lead to anything between Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker or she's it's like Hayter's just going to be Britt Baker's bitch um like her entire like her entire time in AEW like come on man like i i actually think Jamie Hayter's a, a solid wrestler like come on like, don't, don't 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 reduce her to this so Baker was about to go for the, the lockjaw on Tony Storm and some random music played um, throughout the throughout the arena. Uh, Britt Baker was trying to figure out who the hell it was, and it actually turned out not to be just some random individual. But once the name Soraya popped up, I mean, some people might not be familiar with it, but for people that uh, tuned into WWE back in 2014, it turned out to be Paige. Yeah, Paige from WWE who's going by her indie wrestling name again, Soraya. Um, even though, I, I don't know. I, it's kind of weird how I say it, Soraya. But anyway, uh, she's going by her indie wrestling name before she came to WWE, Soraya. So, man, I, I'm actually surprised that she would go to AEW, but then again, like, she, 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 does, she can go wherever she wants, I guess. And I gotta say, she actually looks good. Like, she actually, like, for the first time in a long while, she actually looks good. Like, 
2014, 2016 good. I mean, like, everything after 2016, like, the plastic surgery kind of fucked her up. But, damn, Wednesday night on Dynamite, she looks good. She really looks good. Um, I don't know uh, if she's been cleared to wrestle by doctors um, because, you know, the injury that she had that forced her to retire, I think it was like a neck injury. Um, yeah, it was a it was a fucked up injury. But hopefully, either way, um, if she is able to wrestle again um, in, in AEW, I just hope she'll be okay. Um, nothing bad happens to her because, man... If she wrestles in AEW and one bad spot happens, like, and one bad botch happens in there, yeah, oh, man, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. And women's wrestling or wrestling in general in AEW hasn't proven to exactly be safe. So in the final portion of the Dynamite uh, review for Grand Slam, we had the AEW World Title Tournament, the, the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions final. John Moxley took on his uh, Blackpool Combat Club member, Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson. Um, I'm still going to refer to him as Daniel Bryan because who the hell remembers Bryan Danielson? So, MJF uh, was in the press box watching this match. And honestly, this match sucked. This, this match was boring. Like, they were hugging each other so much. It's like, it's like I was watching, like, college wrestling with with I don't I don't even want to say it with those stars those P stars they were like John Moxley and Daniel Bryan were doing sex positions on each other um not like like amateur not like amateur wrestling moves they, they were, it was just so boring it was just such a whack ass match man like what the fuck was this and I don't know if AEW Base boosted the mics for this match, but you can hear the chest slap so damn loud. It was <laughs> insane. And the, the finish was so whack, too. Rather than, like, so John Moxley went for a curb stomp um, and and then went for the Death Rider uh, finish, his usual Death, uh, Death Rider finish. And I thought that would have been a cool way to, to finish off the match um, and win the title again for John Moxley, you know. Kind of like a reference to Seth Rollins in the Shield, but no, um, and not go with the the Dev Rider finish on the LED ramp. No, let's go for a crappy sleeper hold um, on Daniel Bryan to literally put the air and the sails out of the crowd that was already uh, dead by this main event. So John Moxley is your new AEW World Champion, and. Well, I thought this match was crap. Uh, I do think it's the correct call because, you know, fans would have lost their shit um, if Daniel Bryan won the uh, championship only to lose it later to MJF uh, down the line. So, I, I don't know. I just don't think that this match would... I, I don't know. I don't think it makes it any better that we have to sit through another reign. More of the gasoline-induced, like the drunk-ass... John Moxley. I don't know. So that's how Grand Slam ends. Uh, apparently after the show, um, John Moxley and Daniel Bryan embraced. Like, they were really trying to rush through this uh, match uh, just to get to the time cutoff. Like, AEW has bad time management still. So after the show, um, apparently Daniel Bryan uh, gave 
uh, John Moxley, like he strapped on the belt on him. So that's pretty much it. So overall thoughts on Dynamite Grand Slam. Another fucking fail. Many of those matches were just thrown together just for the sake of it. And the, the tournament final put put me to sleep. It honestly did. It's like it's like I don't need, I didn't even know if I wanted to watch the, the rampage portion because this this tournament absolutely sucked. It was god awful. I will say though, I will say in spite of the crappiness of this dynamite portion of Grand Slam, there was at least a little bit of interest to at least see what's going to be up for next week. Um, unlike last year, there was just absolutely nothing, and I stopped caring about wrestling for the next six months. And I will say what those things are is how Jericho is going to respond um, to those claims about cheating and winning the, the Ring of Honor title um, and what's the next step for the acclaimed um, after winning the tag team titles. And I guess to a degree, um, Paige's first comments since um, you know, making a return to wrestling. So Dynamite, Grand Slam, once again, a bland scam of a time. But, you know, could Rampage be better? Could Rampage save the day? Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this um, AEW Rampage Grand Slam 2022. So it's Friday, September 23rd, 2022. It's 10 o'clock Pacific time. And we're here to watch AEW Rampage Grand Slam 2022. But it's taped. It is taped. It's year two of doing this show, this stadium show, and yet somehow Tony Khan man still can't get to do this portion of bland scam of the week live. You can't schedule two separate days live. Like you can't figure out what the stadium is doing. You can't figure out what it's booked for. What kind of promoter are you? Promoter the year my ass. Like, come on. It had to be taped again. Like, man, like you could clearly, and you can clearly tell this year that it was really taped with all the jump cuts, the camera cuts, the cuts, the commercials, like all the edits they made in this rampage. If you, if you really want to watch it for whatever reason, it was so obvious. It was so obvious. So anyway, let's get through this match card. So yeah, you open the show with Sting and Darby Allen going up against the House of Black. Uh, Buddy Matthews and Brody King. No Aleister Black. So they face each other in a notice qualification match. I'd say it was a solid opening match though. Um, some hard hits. A lot of brutal looking bumps. Um, and Darby Allen, you know, tried to kill himself again. You know, went tried to go for a bottom roof dive. But I think he landed a little too early onto Buddy Matthews and... Hit him shoulder first, and it kind of briefly knocked him out. And then Sting um, nearly got concussed because Brody King pushed Sting off a turnbuckle. And Sting was supposed to go through two tables, but instead only went through one, and he hit the back of his head on another. And then towards the end of the match, uh, Buddy Matthews uh, sat a handcuffed Sting in the ring. Uh, and, you know, he was going to finish him off with his signature baseball bat. But the lights went out. And out came Sting's longtime rival that we're apparently all supposed to know, right? The Great Muta. And who's the Great Muta? Hell, I don't know. So, rather than the Great Muta going after his longtime rival, he went after Buddy Matthews. 
um, instead. And some green mist later, um, Buddy got hit with a Scorpion Death Drop by Sting. And Sting and Darby Allen win the match. So, I mean, it's all a match. You know, kind of a weird ending, but it is what it is. But then that's where the rest of the night starts to derail. Because the rest of the matches were shit. So, Action Bronson and Hook took on Jericho Appreciation Society's members, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Um, they got the win by making Menard uh, and Angelo Parker. Uh, this is Bronson and Hook, by the way. Um, uh, Menard and Parker tapped out to the Taz Mission submission. I don't really care. We also had TNT champion uh, Wardlow team up with Ring of Honor TV champion Samoa Joe um, to go up against Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Um, I guess this was a little bit of a continuation with Wardlow's feud with smart Mark Sterling. I'm surprised they're still doing it, though, considering that they didn't really do much um, since June. So anyway, uh, Samoa Joe dominated much of the match because it seemed like Wardlow injured his knee, like legit, but he seemed okay during the post-match festivities. Um, But anyway, Samoa Joe and uh, Wardlow win the match, and then afterwards, uh, Wardlow did the Powerbomb Symphony on Smart Mark Sterling. You know, look, like, hearing the crowd reaction for Wardlow, it's kind of sad how far he's fallen off, though. You know, he was one of the hottest acts earlier in the year with this feud with MJF. And then after Double or Nothing, and then up to this point, it's like, it's kind, it's really died down, man. It's really died down. It's kind of sad where he's at now. So, AEW World Street Champion Ray Phoenix took on Jungle Boy in a first-time-ever matchup that we're supposed to care about. So... This match, this sucked. This sucked. And why did it suck? Because this was basically the opposite of an actual wrestling match. They could not slow the fuck down. They were trying to get in a lot of high spots in, and they were no-selling the fuck um, in this match. And why were they shaking hands? Like, why were they shaking, the hand, why were they shaking hands mid-match? Like, aren't you supposed to do that afterwards? I don't know. So Jungle Boy reversed Ray Phoenix's finisher into a fruit roll-up to win the match. Then they shake hands um, afterwards. And then after Ray Phoenix leaves, Christian Cage saved us from this terrible match of boredom as Luchasaurus attacked Jungle Boy from behind. And as Christian called everyone in the crowd the bitches that they are, uh, he told Jungle Boy to never go after him ever again and not come back to AEW or else he'll have to deal with this new right-hand man, Luchasaurus. So at least Christian saved us uh, from what, what was the counter opposite of an actual pro wrestling match. A meaningless, no-selling spot fest. And that was this match between Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy. So next up, we have Eddie Kingston going up against a Sammy Guevara. This is a good match that happened for some reason. After some backstage drama between them that, that got both of them suspended. And this just turned into a storyline. So... Eddie Kingston got the win with some three swinging back fists, and he locked in a, dra- a dragon sleeper on Sammy, uh, Sammy Guevara that he got the win for, but it would later get reversed because Eddie Kingston wouldn't let go of the hold. So that happened. Uh, TBS champion Jade Cargill defended her title against Diamante. Um, this is just basically another exhibition match for the champ, um, and she retained the title after hitting Jaded. Uh, afterwards, that Trina girl that we talked about earlier, um, she basically 
shoved away Diamante, and yeah, she celebrated with the TBS champion. So there's that. Uh, next up, we had the Golden Ticket Battle Royale for an AW World Title match on a special Tuesday Night Dynamite. On we'll t- we'll talk about which date it is because this is actually where. <laughs> oh my god, AW is gonna get fucked so hard on that Tuesday night. So anyway, um, the big show, uh, Paul White was on commentary for this match. Um, and yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody give a fuck about this match. Hangman Adam Page, uh, won this match, eliminating Rush. Um, and he punched his ticket to an AEW world title match on a special Tuesday night dynamite on October 18th. So why are they doing a, a Tuesday night dynamite on that specific date? Well, that's because. They got preempted by sports. Something that the hardcore IWC still doesn't understand the concept of. They got moved to a different night because sports are more important than AEW. A fake sport. And that real sport is baseball. One of the... Not really premier at this point, though. (laughs) And they're having a baseball playoff league championship series called the American League Championship Series on their channel, TBS, the next day. But here's where the good news gets even better for AEW on that Tuesday night on October 18th next month. Not only did they get moved to Tuesday, uh, not only did they get to relive that war with NXT on that Tuesday night, they also had to compete for ratings against the other MLB playoff championship series, the National League, and they have to compete with the season premiere, the regular season premiere of the National Basketball Association. Yes, the NBA is back on Tuesday, October 18th. That same Tuesday, the AEW is forced to go on that Tuesday. Congratulations. Congratulations. That is your prize, uh, Hangman Adam Page. Congratulations. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the litany of excuses from the fan base, Dave Meltzer, Sean Ross Sapp, when they're going to lose a big-time amount of uh, viewers that day. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hey, hey. I, I, I will take back a word I said if I am wrong. I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong if it doesn't happen, I'm willing to admit it on that day if it happened, if it doesn't happen. So anyway, in the main event, um, we had Ricky uh, Starks, absolute Ricky Starks, taking on Powerhouse Hobbs in a light, uh, lights out match. Isn't this the second year in a row that they ended Grand Slam week with a lights out match? I don't know. Oh, it, it was actually. They had that tag team lights out match. So basically, it's like an unsanctioned match. Oh. They played this weird uh, pre-entrance vignette for Ricky Starks, which was kind of lame. And I don't know. This was just a watered-down, unsanctioned match, just like it was on last year's Grand Slam, just to fill up the TV, uh, just to fill up the TV time. So Ricky Starks wins this match by spearing Powerhouse Hobbs through a table. It hits his finisher, and that was the end of Grand Slam. So just like last year. It was another supposed blood feud that was given the lights out treatment um, and supposed to go all out with the stipulation, but instead completely face planted. 
onto the concrete. There's not much intensity and not a lot of hardcore moments that made me think, wow, these guys really hate each other. If you're going to have a lights out match, at least hit each other with your best shot. Go with all out with the weapons and go hardcore with it. Like, I mean, you don't have to make each other bleed or whatnot, but, you know, go extreme. Come on, man. Like, how is it that, despite how botchy was, how is it that the best lights out match still remains Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa? Explain that one to me. So, overall, Rampage Grand, Grand Slam, really boring. Even more boring than Dynamite. And this was just the personification of something to me. Rampage is really worthless. This is just a really worthless show on a Friday, Friday night. There's nothing of note happening here. Um, even one hour is really worthless um, uh, for Rampage. It's all match, match, match. Let's have a match for the sake of having one. Or let's hear from X or Y guy on Friday night on Rampage and get interrupted. So one hour of that on a dead hour on 10 p.m. Pacific time or Eastern time, wherever you are. One hour of that on on a Friday night is bad enough. Taped, mind you. Two hours of that? I don't know what to tell you. So, my God. This rampage was a waste of time and was a big mess. It really was. So, overall... Grand Slam week, it was just like last year. It was a huge waste combined of four hours. A four-hour combined waste. Another bland scam. Mostly thrown together matches consisting of gimmickless wrestlers. And some of those matches were sloppier than last year. But at least you could say with the dynamite portion, they were at least focused on some a little bit of storytelling but not much um of course my biggest highlight was the acclaimed actually winning the tag team titles in in their home state i guess so that's something they actually did something right but still the fans are overrating the shit out of this show like they always do but 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 dynamite got one million viewers in number one in the demo who, sh who gives a shit about the demographic it's all about the number one, uh, number one thing, overall viewership. Who's actually watching the damn show? So number one, number one, or number uh, one million for a pro wrestling show is nothing in 2022. Hell, regular season basketball, regular season NFL, Canon always will beat this out. Speaking of which, let's see how AEW does. Sure, they got their five weeks worth of one million viewers. Let's see how they do once the NBA comes back in a few weeks' time. Let's see how they do on that Tuesday night against the NBA, against the MLB playoffs. Yeah, let's see how they do. So I said this last year, and I'm going to say it again. You wrestling fans are entitled to like what you want. You're entitled to like and watch, uh, dislike what you watch. However, I'm entitled to like what I want in pro wrestling. I'm also entitled to dislike what I want. In pro wrestling. And what I'm going to say now. Is the same thing I said last year. I'm entitled to dislike. All of modern pro wrestling. Because it represents. Everything that's wrong with it. It's god awful. 
and it's not better than ever before. So all in all, this Grand Slam 2022 is just like last year. A full-on bland scam and a waste of time. And I don't recommend any of you filthy casual fans listening to this show to watch it. So anyway, that was my review of AEW Bland Scam 2022 Dynamite and Rampage. A collective waste of four hours. So if you did happen to watch this show, just flipping through channels, let me know how you felt about it in the comments below. But anyway, this is Dylan Lasagna signing out of Very Cold Lasagna. And yeah, make sure you follow the show on social media, listen to the podcast, wherever you get them, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And eat that lasagna, very cold, in the fridge with your takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports. And until next time, peace out.